0: Amen. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Man, you look good, and I have to totally agree with Janelle. I, it's, I, there is a difference when the corporate body presses into worship, and I am sitting up here, and when I can hear you guys over the musicians just singing and praying, man, I, it's just amazing. And I just want to encourage you, well done, well, well done, church. Um, hey, I, I'm going to, in just a minute, I'm going to ask one of you to pray. I'm gonna ask one of you to start this service off and pray for our new series, pray for this message that uh, the Holy Spirit would move. And I know the Holy Spirit is moving right now even as I'm saying this. And one of you is, um, is he's earmarked and is speaking to your heart for that right now. So be thinking about that. Um, while you're doing that, I want to just say thank you. We just finished up a series on the church um, and Pastor DJ and then Pastor Rob Um, finished the series out, and they both did uh, just an incredible job. Um, Let's give them a hand real quick. Good job, Rob. Good job, DJ. Rob right there. DJ's on vacation. He better be listening via the live stream. So good job, DJ. Um, Hey, I just, I I just, I'm so thankful for the teaching team that we have. Uh, I have had several of you come up to me after they spoke and just say, man, it's just amazing the different um, teaching gifts and how we get a different perspective from each of the different teachers and so uh, man, I just want to I want to thank you guys for embracing that as well because uh, in churches i 've been at before, if the senior lead pastor wasn 't there speaking, um, it was amazing how the mentality was well then i don 't necessarily need to be there, or there maybe even a little bit of disappointment, and i don 't sense that from you guys at all that you guys actually would rather hear the other teachers than me, so that 's awesome <laughs> that is that is really great so hey, all right, so here we go. We're going to jump into this new series called Unhindered and who is the one that would like to open us off with uh, just a word of prayer for this this message. All right, right here. Melanie, thank you. Mike's coming around. Very good. Thank you, Lord. Father God, I thank you so much just for the presence that we all feel that Your Holy Spirit has just invaded this place, and and we just thank you, God. Lord, I pray right now that our hearts would be tuned to you and that you would give Dan the words um, to speak that are coming directly from your throne. God, I pray that anything that's not of you would just fall by the wayside and that we would just, um, Lord, embrace you and all that you are this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So good. Um, okay. Uh, if you are brand new, if this is your first time, sit back and enjoy what God has for you. Uh, one of the things that we do at this church is we actually ask questions and we want interaction. And so I'm going to jump into this uh, series Unhindered, by actually asking a question of you all. And so here's the question. What, is, uh, what, what have you seen hinder uh, people from growing in their relationship with God. What have you seen hinder other people in their relationship with God? Insecurities about their identity. Insecurities about their identity. No. Okay. Does that hinder you or what? Yes. Does that? I mean, that is something that absolutely—if you're not confident in your identity, we're going to get into that actually today. It's amazing how that can uh, really create doubt and and just hinder your walk with God. Yeah, Alex. Other people. Other people? Okay, you got the mic, so I'm going to ask you to explain that. Oh, Oh, he gives it to his wife. (laughs) I guess it's me. (laughs) What do you mean other people? Go into that a little bit. Well, the religious part of it. The religious so. part of it. So people who just maybe think that they have all the answers and that and God has spoken to them, and then they project that onto you, um, they take their convictions maybe and put their convictions onto you, right? And then that could potentially hinder. There's certain things in the word of God, church, that we're all supposed to do, absolutely without a doubt. But there are certain things that, um, that God may speak to me, and I make a mistake if I take that conviction and I tell you that you have to do that. Yeah? And I think that absolutely does hinder people. That's a good one. Yes? Shame. Um, yep, shame can hinder. Absolutely. Rob talked about shame last week and did an incredible job. If you didn't uh, listen online, jump online and listen to that. Donna? Traumatic life events. Traumatic life events. Past history, right? Yes. Anybody been hindered by past history? Uh, any of you have an issue that has come up into your life in the past, and then when somebody or, or God himself asks you to move forward, you read something in the scripture, and you're like, I can't risk that again because I got so hurt the last time. Absolutely, that can hinder your relationship. Laura, say that again. Busy. Being too busy. Being too busy. That's a good one. Anybody hindered in their walk with God because you're just too busy? Too, or you think you're too busy, or you feel, maybe it's a priority thing, right? Uh, you know what? We've been talking about expectations, the difference between expectations and expectancy. And uh, I heard a word earlier this week, and uh, the word was this, that if you feel like God has let down your expectations of him, then probably you have been thinking wrong. That just, I mean, it's amazing. And so uh, that's interesting. Hey, John. Injustice. 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 That's a good one. Um, injustice can hinder because uh, you, you just don't... I, it, it, you get hung there. You feel like you got an 800-pound gorilla upon you and you can't do a damn thing about it. Mm, 800-pound gorilla upon you and you can't do a damn thing about it, right? <laughs> I'm just quoting him. I just... That's what he said. So, well Melanie... Anyway, Unforgiveness: Unforgiveness anybody have on? Unforg- I'm not don't raise your hand on that one. Uh, anybody have unforgiveness that may be hindered? Hey, all of these things are are, are really good. so uh, did I have a hand over here?: Yep, two hands. Oh, yeah, we haven't hit this side of the room. So coming. Yeah By believing you've experienced all he has to offer you. By say that again? Believing you've experienced all he has to offer you. So if you don't believe that, then you're, you're hindered. Yeah. Yes. So you're unhindered if you believe it all, right? Absolutely. That's great. Trials and tests. Trials and tests. Just going can really hindered. hard times where you lose focus of where we are with the Lord and where He is with us. Isn't that so good, man? Just even the the trials and tests of life can actually bring that hindrance into our walk and our relationship with God. Absolutely. Rob, right behind you. Hey. Oh man, this is good, guys. Love it. Harbouring sin in our own hearts, oh. being rebellious. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that one. <laughs> why? Why you, why you go there? No, just kidding. Absolutely, sin can hinder us. Absolutely. Um, things that you've learned in your past, like when when I was a kid, my teachings, and as as a child growing up, and now. It's amazing how teachings, when we grew up or when we first became um, a Christian, that those teachings actually can hinder our, our moving forward with, with God, right? Okay, so let's do... Um, oh, man, we, this is awesome. I'm going to change the question, so I got a different um, angle I want to go at this. Yes. Um, I would just say vulnerability. Vulnerability? Like how does that yeah. hinder you? Um, just when you don't share, like what's really on your mind just if you're afraid of sharing that with somebody then you'll never find like who they really are and stuff and you yeah. won't go deeper and really So when you when you're not vulnerable that can Yes, ender. when you're yes, not vulnerable. Absolutely. I love that. We're actually going to get into that in the series. Okay, I'm going to shift the questions. or uh, the question and I'm hoping you'll respond to this one. In just a few minutes ago, I asked you to pray for the service. Okay. One person graciously raised their hand after just a little moment of pause, and I've shared in the past before how awesome would it be when I said, I want somebody to pray, and we had like 10 hands prayed, and what if we have actually a service where all we do is just pray? I'm okay with that. Are you guys? Yes. But there's something that hinders us from responding to that, and so if you would be so bold and so courageous, what comes into your mind when I ask you to pray for a service that actually hinders you from lifting your hand and saying, Pastor Dan, I would like to pray. Fear, who said that over? Fear, that's absolutely a good one. Fear of what? Fear of being judged. Does anybody judge Melanie for what she prayed? No, no. Isn't that interesting? That when somebody raises their hand and they pray, man, we just, as a matter of fact, last night after the, um, the young adult that prayed, she raised her hand and she prayed. And after she got done, everybody applauded for her. Okay. Why? Because there's that thing in us that we're like, man, I'm glad she did it. And yay, it was good. Right. <laughs> I, just to encourage her that. I mean, that, that was just amazing. It's amazing how that fear gets into us. Okay. What else, what else hinders us from wanting to pray? Yes. Afraid you're going to say the wrong thing. Can we just, as a church, can we just all agree that hey, none of us are perfect in here? Yeah. Yes. Amen. And so, if God prompts you in your spirit to practically pray for a servant, you know what? It's okay. He's going to use your words, even if you mess them up a little bit. I, I get up here every weekend, and I mess up my words up all the time. I'm stumbling over, and yet you guys still are so gracious to listen and to receive. Wait. Turn my gun. Unmet expectations. Un- how does that hinder you from praying? Not having prayers answered in the past. How would he answer this one now? Sort Oof. of. Thing? Man. Does that hinder? Yeah. Yeah. Man, without a doubt. What a great, what a great response. Somebody else. How come when we ask you to pray for service, what, what's the thought that goes through your mind? Doubt. Doubt of what? Doubt of of... of your ability? Doubt of, yeah. It's interesting though, isn't it? Somebody said last night, um, they raised their hand and they said, gifting, because I don't feel like I have a gifting in prayer. Church, I want to make sure that everybody's aware. In all of the scriptures that I read about giftings, the giftings that God has, prayer is not one of them intercession maybe. But prayer is not one of those gifts. Uh, prayer is something that we should all be able to do. Prayer is just simply communication to God, expressing our heart. God, to speak through Pastor Dan today. God, come and speak to my heart. God, have your way in this place. And just asking God to come in and do amazing things. And it's just amazing because the, um, the enemy of our soul wants to hinder the fullness of God in our lives, yes? Yes? Yes. And man, the heart of this message is that I want everybody to realize, you know what? This isn't something that we struggle uh, with alone. I want you to know that every single person in this room has something that the enemy is trying to do, trying to use to hinder them in their walk with God. And so let's talk about that. I was studying and praying for this and I came across Galatians chapter five and I want to read this in two different translations. The first one is the English Standard Version. And it says this, in verse one, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Uh, Church, God sent his son Jesus so that we could be free. Yes, yes. And he wants us to not only be free, but to have abundant life. He wants us to be unhindered. I would submit to you that one of the things, one of the attributes to uh, an abundant life is to be unhindered in our walk with God. Yes? Yes? To have a walking, talking relationship with God in which we could just feel that freedom. Freedom to pray. Freedom to go up to somebody and encourage them. Freedom to, to actually go up and use the gifts that God has given to us and be courageous and bold to step out into those things. But our insecurities hinders us from doing that. Yes? Yes? Mm, This is fun. Christ, Christ wants to set us free. In verse seven, it says this. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view. So Paul's writing to the church of Galatia and, and is basically saying this. Hey, listen, when I came and I spoke to you about the good news of Jesus Christ, there was a receiving of that. You brought that into your heart and you started to live in that abundant life. You actually started walking out in an unhindered life. Hey, I don't know if you remember when you came to your salvation experience or if you know somebody that recently has come to a salvation experience and understanding who Jesus is in their life. Are they not the most on fire Christians there are? They receive the good news and when they receive and they understand what God has saved them from, man, all of a sudden they get on fire and they're running around and they don't care who they tell about Jesus Christ. And they're just going around and they are totally unhindered. But then us more mature Christians come along and start saying, well, maybe you shouldn't do it that way. And they're like, eh. And then the enemy starts to remind them of their past and they, eh. And all of a sudden, their walk with God begins to get hindered. Yes? And here in this verse in Galatia, or, <laughs> see, I'm messing up my words right here. Here in this section in Galatians, it's actually saying that um, he's going, What has stopped you? What has stopped you? What are the things that has hindered you? In the Passion Translation, it says this. Let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free. Not, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Where's the bondage of our past? It's in our thoughts, yes? I mean, the only thing that's keeping us in our past is how we think about things, yes? We must stubbornly, I just, I, I don't recommend paraphrase translations as your study bio. Sometimes when you read certain verses, man, it brings just insight to it that just opens my heart and my eyes to different things. Verse seven then says this, before you were led astray, you were so faithful to the Messiah. Why have you now turned away from what is right and true? Who has deceived you? The one who enfolded you into his grace is not behind this false teaching that you embraced. In other words, he's saying Jesus Christ is not behind you being hindered in your walk with God. This shift did not come from Jesus Christ. talk about that in just a minute. Not at all. Don't you know that when you allow even a little lie into your heart, listen to this, don't you know that when you let a little lie into your heart, it can permeate your entire belief system? Anybody? Man, you let a little teeny lie, and all of a sudden, your whole belief system, you know, uh, Pastor John Leach from Jubilee Fellowship, he used to say, disappointment is the mother of bad theology. Disappointment is the mother of bad theology. Man, a little lie comes in, a little disappointment, a little unmet expectation, and instead of realizing that we need to shift, we start to blame God and create some poor theology in our lives. Deep in my heart, I have faith that the Lord Jesus, the anointed one, who lives in you, will bring you around to the truth. And that is my heart. My heart for this series, Unhindered, my heart for this series is, again, to come to an understanding where we all go, we all struggle with insecurity. We all struggle with thoughts in our lives. We all struggle with feelings in our lives that ultimately hinder our walk with God. And so um, through this series, we're going to talk about fear. We're going to talk about vulnerability. Today, I'm going to talk about insecurity. And ultimately, my heart and my hope is that not only will we all Come to the understanding that we all struggle with this, that we all face this, but my hope is that by the time we get to the end of this series, we we will realize, hey, we have an enemy that's trying to come at us. The Word of God says, don't be unaware of his schemes. I don't want to give him too much authority, but, but it, the Word of God does say that we're supposed to be aware that he's trying to hinder us. And in the middle of that, my, my, my prayer is that by the end of this series, we would... Ed- go more into what we've been talking about the church and the fact that we need every single one of us in this body, that we would actually push into each other and we would actually begin to test our thoughts and our feelings with one another to see if they line up with this book right here. And get to into a place, man, where we're just really actively pursuing Jesus together as the family of God, amen? Let me tell you how this kinda came about in this series. Kim and I went in June on a sabbatical and um, we decided to, it was just a little four day long thing. My sister and brother in law live up in Seattle. So we went and visited them for a couple days. And then they have a cabin that's about an hour and a half out of Seattle. We went up there and we decided no internet, no cell phones. No TV, no movies, no, just pressing into God. And so we get up to the cabin. It was a nice day. We sat outside in the sun. We played some worship music. We prayed through the cabin because we just wanted the presence of God to be there. And then um, my wife said, man, I don't know if I can just jump in from uh, going 100 miles per hour to just just all God right here. Anybody else? And so she, she said, can we just go for a hike or something? And I was like, that's a great idea. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have any maps or anything, so I did have to jump online. <laughs> Man, it's amazing how dependent we have become on this interweb thing. Uh, so I jumped online, found a little hike. It said it was a moderate hike. And so we, it was about um, it was 10 miles from where we were, so we drove up there. Well, this moderate hike actually ended up being a hike straight up a mountain. I mean, two miles straight up. I mean, just kept switching back, back and forth, back and forth. So much so that, um, I mean, we couldn't, even, we couldn't even talk on the way up because <sighs> you know what I'm talking about, that, that kind of hike? And so uh, near the bottom, I was like, hey, let's think about this on our way up and then on the way back, we can talk about it. And I said, in the last year, what has been the most exciting thing that has happened for us and then what has been the most challenging thing for us so we get up to the top we look at the views it was just absolutely beautiful and we start coming back down and we start talking about this and the Lord begins to just man enter into the conversation and just his presence was there with us as we were just talking and we begin to start talking about all the great things that God has been doing through Shine Church in the first year and everything and then begin to show us some of the areas where we've actually been hindered not just with the church, but just even with one another in our relationship and with relationships with the staff. And he began to show us um, the insecurities that were in us. And it was so interesting because when we got back, we felt like there was a couple even staff members that we wanted to get with and just share, hey, you know what, we've been thinking this way and we know it's not true. As we were talking about it, here's what's really interesting. The more we talked and got it out, the more we heard it and went oh my gosh this is just not true i know they don't think that but in deep in our hearts we were believing that they had these thoughts anybody else Absolutely. and so we begin to we get with that staff couple and and it was and i'll never forget this cuz i share the insecurity the thoughts and they looked at me and they're like oh my gosh no and then they go can we open up with you and they go we we have had this thought about you guys. And we're like, no, no. I mean, it was so, I I just remember being, no, no, it was so repulsive that I was like, no, 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 please stop thinking that way. And yet it was in them and it's what was driving decisions. And here's the interesting thing. When you have those thoughts about one another in other relationships, you don't go talk to that person, do you? Or you're very guarded when you talk to them. And what I am finding is that, man, if we will just open up to one another and just even ask, hey, this is the thought I've had about you, man, it's amazing how the enemy will totally use this. And so when we got back, we were like, we have to teach on this, we have to teach on this. And we got with the teaching team, and they said, hey, I love it, um, but I I really feel like we should teach on the church first. So that's why we did six weeks on the church, because I think it's important to understand that we have to do this together first. And now go into this. We mentioned several times in that series that we have to overcome our insecurities. We have to to be vulnerable with one another. We have to open up to one another. And so really, that's just how this whole series came to be. So I want to talk and focus on insecurity for the rest of the time here. And so here, I'm gonna throw a question out again to you. And here's the question. What is insecurity? And Rob's got the mic, so uh, just so the people online can hear this. Oh, Rob put it away. So what is insecurity? A lack of understanding of who you are and allowing doubt and fear to drive decision making. Lack of understanding of who you are and letting doubt and fear drive who you are or your situation. Man, that's a good response, yes? That, that could be something. Over here, G, you got one? Hold on, the mic's coming just for so the online. To add on what she just said, it's fear of judgment. Fear of judgment? Fear of judgment okay. from others. All right, how about right here? How just a a lack of trust in not only ourselves, but in others. A lack of trust, not only in ourselves, but others. And ultimately, God, yes? Yes? Yes. (laughs) You're insecure about saying yes? (laughs) Yeah, I I get it. Okay, totally. (laughs) I think at the base of it, it's fear that you're gonna have, that something is not gonna go well for you. Right? Yeah. Whether that's pain or, something is not gonna go well for you. Okay, at the root of it is is, is a fear, right, okay. Somebody else? Right here, Rob, as you're going around, I wanna address that real quick. The fear, uh, we're gonna talk about that next week, and I would submit this. I think the root, or one of the roots of insecurity is absolutely fear. And uh, here's what's interesting, I, I could not find the word insecurity in the Bible, but you can find fear all over it. And how many different times that God or angels actually told the people of God, do not fear, do not fear. Yes? Well, one way of thinking of it is like um, getting on board a, a commercial air, air flight somewhere and the pilot is drunk. <laughs> You're, you're uneasy, you're fearful, you're not sure, and you're definitely not confident. Man, that's insecurity. <laughs> you are not feeling secure in any way, stretch of the imagination there. I'm going to come back and use that as an example in a minute. No? Meaning that people don't really understand God's love, so they have fear. They don't as really First understand John God's says, love. Fear takes away, your love takes away all fear. Oh man! So they don't understand the true love that God has for you. Yeah. Okay. Please. It's like the lack, or the like, the heart knowledge of knowing you are, like a child of God. And I it's think- the lack of the heart knowledge that you're a child of God. Love. love that, Sean. Oh, well, when I think about insecurities and what they're rooted in, it's like. Defining myself by my scars or by my weaknesses and believing that that's all I am and, and that's true to who I am instead of understanding like my strengths or God's strength within me. Sean, come on up and pray. I mean, just preach the rest of the message, man. I, dude, absolutely. The scars, the things, and, and letting that define who I am, right? Instead of letting God define who I am. That's so good. Kimmy. Like, for, for me anyways, insecurities always go down to where I feel like I'm not enough. Ooh, anybody else yeah, where it's just not enough? Over here, the Harrises have one. I know. I saw you. I saw you, Brittany. Dude, you guys are interacting great, loving this, loving this. I find I'm the most insecure when I'm comparing myself to others. Oh, the comparing. Anybody else? Man, the comparison is amazing how, I mean, God has given us certain gifts, and yet we want somebody else's, and, and then we feel insecure about ours because they're so good at theirs. Man, it's just amazing. Yes? Lack of uh, courage, confidence, empowerment. Lack of courage, confidence, empowerment. Man, all of these are great responses. Um, when it comes to insecurity, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, say this statement, and I, you're, you're welcome to disagree with me. It is my opinion, but I would submit to you that insecurity might be the most effective thing that hinders our walk with God. I think insecurity, all of these things that you were talking about, the comparison, the living up to what, uh, you know, our past scars and trying to match ourselves to other people or the fear or all those things that you said, I would submit to you that insecurity may be the toughest thing to overcome in our walk with God. And I would submit to you that God wants us to understand what it is. And so uh, here's the definition of insecurity so that we can make sure that we're all on the same page and we have a clear understanding what it is. Insecurity is uncertainty or anxious thoughts about oneself. It's a lack of confidence. It's the state of being open to danger or threat, lack of protection. Insecurity comes from the word secure. And... The hope and the heart, I believe, that Jesus has for every single one of us is that we would be secure in our walk with him, that we would be secure in our relationship with God, and our flesh, or the enemy of our soul, comes in and says, no, uh, I, wanna, I want you to find your insecurity or your security in something else, Yes? I studied this out and I was reading articles and I found this quote and I thought this was very interesting. The author said, it is tricky to diagnose. In some, insecurity looks like meekness, compliance, and always assuming blame. In others, it looks like bravado, defiance, and never admitting wrong. In one person, insecurity moves them to avoid attention if at all possible. But in another, it moves them to demand as much attention as possible. I'm going to read that one more time. Insecurity is tricky, tricky to diagnose. In some, insecurity looks like meekness, compliance, and always the same, assuming blame. In others, it looks like bravado, defiance, and never admitting wrong. In one person, insecurity moves them to avoid attention, if at all possible. In another, it moves them to demand as much attention as possible. Man, it's tough to see in one another, yes? And here's why. Because how you respond in your insecurity, when somebody else does it, it may be a confidence in God that they have. And so it's really, really tricky to kind of diagnose insecurity. But here's what I would submit to you. Insecurity, in whatever form that it takes, it attacks our identity and makes us feel uncertain or threatened. It attacks our identity and makes us feel uncertain or threatened. Listen, church, we are about four pillars. Engaging, engaging with one another, or engaging with God, and engaging with one another. The second one, identify. Identify who we are in Christ and how he sees us. The third was empower, receiving God's purposes and plans and giftings in our life and being empowered to move out and step out into those things, ultimately so that we can four-multiply or reproduce ourselves. And the enemy of our souls does not want us to move through those pillars. He wants us to keep us grounded. I don't know if you've ever read C.S. Lewis, The Screwtape Letters. Okay, it's it's, it's not, I'm not not calling it the Bible or anything like that, but here's what I do know. that C.S. Lewis had some insight from God and he wrote some incredible writings. And The Screwtape Letters was a book Uh, from, it was about, it was letters from a mentor demon to a demon who was over a a human being. And at the very beginning of the book, the mentor tells the demon, hey, whatever you do, don't let your human being ask Jesus into their heart. And the first letter back from the demon to the mentor was, uh, they accepted Jesus in their heart. And the rest of the letters was all about the mentor demon telling the demon what to do for that human being to keep him hindered in his walk with God so that he would not be effective for the enemy, enemy being God. And it's an incredible read on just the the struggle. And as you read through it, you can actually see some of the thoughts and thinking that you may actually have. And I would just submit again that the enemy... Is trying to come at us and trying to make us are hindered in our walk with God. So here's what I want to do. I want to finish our time by saying uh, I think there's two different ways to look at this. There's insecurity in God's hands, and then there's insecurity in the enemy's hands. Okay, there's insecurity in God's hands and insecurity in the enemy's hands. And what's interesting is uh, we were praying Tuesday morning and uh, Janet, one of our elite pastors, she, she actually goes, man, I pray, God, that in some way, fashion or form, that when we talk about insecurity, we could talk from a positive place. <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's a challenge. I'm gonna try to go after that. And so I actually started looking at that. And here's what I found, that God actually wants to use insecurities in our lives. He wants to take that feeling or those thoughts that don't line up to his word, and he actually wants to use them to help us to grow towards God. And I put that in my notes, and I sent that out on Thursday, and then my wife sent me a picture uh, from a message that Stephen Furtick did. She sent this to me Saturday morning, and I'm gonna show you this picture. Check this out. Going straight, keeping on the path that we're on is sitting in our insecurities. Okay, if you don't do anything, guess what? You're going to just keep struggling with these insecurities. But if you make a decision to turn right now, realizing my insecurity is an opportunity for growth, then we can recognize that actually these thoughts, these feelings that we have could be the catalyst to actually help us to grow towards God. Now, I actually haven't even listened to this message from Stephen Furtick, but I had somebody come up today and say that he listened to his message this morning And he was like, what you taught last night and what he taught this morning was, oh, it was amazing. Here's what I love about that, is when the Capital C Church is teaching a lot of the same things, it means God's trying to do something. Not just in a little local church, but in the body of Christ. Man, it's been so cool. I've been listening to local pastors lately on podcasts, and it's been amazing as we were in the church series, how many local pastors are actually talking about the body of Christ. And I love that. I love the fact that that's happening here in Castle Rock. And so I'm going to just quickly go through this. We have an opportunity to grow in God if we will use these little thoughts and feelings that we have. Um, in every one of our cars, we have little indicator lights. When the gas light comes on, what does that mean? You need to get gas. And if you don't go get gas in the next 30 or 40 miles, What happens? you're walking. Thank you, Doug. You're stranded. I believe that God has given us little, in, little, little lights in our lives, our spiritual lives, that we can actually apply and go, hey, we need to do something about this. And so here's how I would submit to you that God uses insecurity. First off, insecurity helps us to understand um, maybe a situation where we should get off the plane, We get on there and the pilot comes in and he's stumbling drunk. We're not feeling very secure. Uh, That's a protective nature for us to go, hey, maybe I should get out of here, yes? Yes. And I think that actually God uses that uh, feeling of not being secure to actually save us from things, to protect us from things. And so with that mindset, let's look at these things. Have you ever had this thought or, or you felt this way that you've missed the mark too many times or that your sin is too great to actually receive the goodness of God? Use that little indicator to remind you of what the scripture says. And I I don't have time to go into all the scriptures, but man, it's just filled with it. And it says this, that God sent Jesus for all of your sin. And so if you are consumed with that thought that you've missed the mark too many times or your sin is too big or whatever, I want you to know that Jesus died and paid for it all. And the enemy would love to keep you wallowing in that sin issue. And Jesus says, no, I died for those. Let it go. Yes? How about this one? You feeling alone? Orphaned? Strange? Weird? You feel like an alien in certain groups or certain circumstances? Maybe even here in church? I I want you to know something. God adopted you as his child. He's proud to call you son. He's proud to call you daughter. And you need to start thinking that way. Man, do you not... Let me just confess what I do. I find myself thinking about my insecurities way more than the promises of God. And I'm just being open and transparent. I wish it wasn't the case, but it's amazing how an insecurity will keep me up at night when there's so many promises of God that I should be reflecting on and going for. Um, hold on, do we have the mic? <laughs> okay, hold that thought while he's doing that. Let me go into the third one, then we'll come back. Have you thought this? Have you thought that you're a failure or that you've made too many mistakes? You know what? The word of God says that God will use everything in our lives. You know what? Every single one of us makes mistakes. Every one of us stumbles. Yet God will use all of those for his glory and his good and our good for those that seek the Lord. That's what Romans says. And so, man, instead of thinking about how you're such a failure, how about thinking, you know what, God, you're going to use this mistake, or you're going to use this issue, and you're going to use it for good. So I'm ready for that. Let that little indicator light let you feel up on that thought. Yes. So I was having my devotions this week, and I was reading scriptures, and I was frustrated. I was praying, saying, Lord, help me to apply this. But then 10 minutes later, I forget it. You know, and that happens over and over. And I get frustrated because I want to be a doer of the word. But I just forget what I read, you know. And so I was praying about it and just saying, Lord, you know, Holy Spirit, remind me. Help me to remember this. And what the Lord told me loud and clear. He said, Melody, that is the reason for why I told you to meditate on my word. In Joshua, like what you're saying. And so then through the week when I would start to, I don't know, think. D- differently than I'm purposely going over a scripture that he gave me, that's really um, good. you know. And but it takes effort, yeah. you know. Well, and here's what I, here's what I would submit. I submit to everybody, man. That's really good. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I would submit this: we're all meditating on something. Well, I'm going to say it again: we're all meditating on something. When you say I don't have time to meditate, I want you to start writing down the things you're meditating all week long. Facebook. (laughs) Okay, we're not going there right now. (laughs) All right. All right. That's that's really good. How about this one? You're feeling weak or inadequate that you fall short? Hey, let that be a little indicator light that says this. You know what? The word of God says that God is greater when we're weaker. When I ask you to pray at the beginning of the service and you're like, well, I don't know. I'm afraid my prayer is going to be weak. That's probably the perfect time to pray. Because if you're not feeling adequate, if you're feeling weak in that, you know what? That opens the door for the Holy Spirit to come in and totally use you. I can't tell you. It's funny. Um, the teaching team have talked about this. Again, Pastor John from Jubilee. I've had conversations with him about this. And here's what's interesting. Anytime I teach a message, and it, 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 this goes for everybody that I've talked to about this. Anytime I've teach, taught a message where I thought, oh my gosh, that was incredible. That, oh man, I totally brought that. None of you come up and say, good job. And every time that I get done and I'm going through the final prayer and just like, oh my gosh, I just got to get out of here. I just want to hide. It's like everybody, oh my gosh, that changed my life. That was amazing. It was absolutely incredible. Uh, It's just interesting. In our weakness, when we're insecure, God becomes secure. When we start to live in our security, man, we leave God behind, yes? Yes. And so, man, if you're having the thought that you're weaker, man, guess what? Let that use be a light that God wants to come in and just do radical things through you. How about this one? You think you don't matter? That you're unimportant? You know what? We spent six weeks talking about the body of Christ and how important you are. But I'm going to say it one more time. You matter to this body. And if you're sitting here thinking that they don't care about me, they don't need me, um, They wouldn't even miss me if I was gone. Man, we would be suffering without you. You are important. The word of God teaches us that we need every single one of us to be operating in our things. You matter, you matter, you matter. The word of God says you matter. We are saying it from leadership. You matter. We need you to be a part of this. And so don't entertain that little light anymore. Start thinking through the filter of, God, you say I matter. The church needs me. I'm a part of the body of Christ. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 again and go through that. You matter, you matter. Okay, real quick, insecurity in the devil's hands. Here's what's interesting. The enemy, all he has is deception and lies. And so the enemy loves to take what God wants to use for our good and he loves to twist it and use it for our bad, yes? And that's all he's got is deception and twists. And he's been doing it since the very beginning. And I want to quickly read to you Genesis chapter three. It says this. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. Interesting little piece here. Do you know that she actually added the part, you must not touch it? God never said that. I'm not fully sure exactly what's happening here, but she's already, I don't know if the enemy just being right there challenging God's word started to make her question And she started to make things up. She started to add things to what God actually said. Man, does that not happen? All the time in my life, man, it's, it's funny how just a thought or a whisper or what somebody might say, all of a sudden makes me start to doubt what I felt like God has told me. It makes me doubt even what God has put in his word. You will certainly, you will not, sorry, you will not certainly die The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Church, I read that story because I want you to know that from the beginning of time, the enemy has been coming after us and trying to hinder our walk with the God. God. See, and you guys are so gracious with the Lord. Hinder our walk with God. And you know what? Here's what I want you to, to understand. He hates you. And he wants to bring you down. But he's actually attacking you because he wants to hurt God. He's actually, his enemy is God. And he wants to do whatever he can to destroy the thing that God put into place, which is a walking, talking relationship with his creation. And the enemy is doing whatever he can to try to come and try to deceive us and try to bring us down and hinder our walk with God through whatever insecurities that he can bring. And so, I put in my notes this, we always find our identity, and I found this quote in an article I read, it said this, we always find our identity in our God, lower G God. Our lower G God is the person or thing we believe has the greatest power to determine who we are, why we're here, what we should do, and what we're worth. Church, every single one of us was created to worship. Every single one of us was created to worship. And so the enemy took what God created for our good because we are created to ultimately worship Big G God, yes? And what he's done is he's taken our insecurities, the things that we think about, the feelings that we have, and he's tried to skew them. And even our flesh, just being in a fallen world, does this. And it makes us start to think incorrectly, not line up with the word of God. And what happens is we start putting our security in little G God's. It might be in a relationship that if they like us, then I feel good. If they don't, I don't feel good. It may be in a position. It may be in a status. It may be in the Broncos. I hope not. (laughs) Because you're really not doing well right now. And I'm a huge Bronco fan. I love them. And thank God my identity is not in them. Do you know when I was a kid, I'm totally going off on this, when I was a kid, my identity was in the Broncos, so much so that when they lost, my parents used to make me go chop wood because I was a nightmare for at least three hours. (laughs) If they lost, I had to go chop a bundle of wood because they knew that would get that anger out. Just side note, little information about me that maybe you didn't even want to know. Okay, indicators that we may have a false god. We need other people's approval to feel validated. Okay, I'm not going to ask for hands, but I'm just going to submit to you, reflect on this. Is this pinning, is God convicting your heart at all in any of these? We need other people's approvals to feel validated. How about this? We are crushed by criticism or rejection. If somebody says even the littlest word of criticism to you, and it just rocks your world, man, maybe there's a little G, God, that you need to pray about and deal with. How about this, we try to escape attention or we demand attention to feel better about ourselves. You watch three hours of TV because it hinder, because it keeps you from thinking about the thing. Does that ever help? just keeps me up later at night. (laughs) But even just in activities. Some people run away, other people push in and it's just because that's where you find your security. About this, we find temporal relief from habitual or addictive sins. If you have any of these that kind of spoke to your heart, man, go before the Lord and just say, God, help me. Give me a hunger for you. Give me a desire to put you at that secure place. Give me a hunger for your word so that I can read the truth. You know what? We have so many people in the church that just don't even read their Bible. Man, church, get into your word of God. Read it on a regular basis because how are you going to come against the things that are hinder your walk with God if you don't know what those things are? And get into this word and read it. It's for you. God gave it for you and I. Ultimately, um, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. I posted a question on Facebook on my personal page, and I asked a question earlier this week, and I said, what do you do to overcome insecurities in your life? And I got tons of great responses. Go on my personal page and read through them, because they were great. They were very insightful. But I could sum them up into two different categories. One was this, taking God's word and believing it. Letting those thoughts, those feelings, drive me to the word of God. So that instead of focusing on those things, I can focus on what the word of God says. And the second common theme through all the answers was this. Getting with two or three other people or getting with a really close friend and actually letting them speak into my life about how I'm thinking or how I'm feeling and telling me whether it lines up with this as they see it. Word of God says "As iron sharpens iron so another man will sharpen another man's countenance. Man, the wounds of a friend are faithful and true, yes? When, when somebody speaks to you in love and they actually tell you, hey, you were thinking about this incorrectly, man, it's amazing how that can change our lives. And as we were talking as a teaching team, DJ at one point said, what if, what if, as a church, as a family, what if, just in conversation, we begin to have our spiritual antennas up to actually hear little undertones of insecurity in somebody and immediately be able to call out and go, nope, you know what? God loves you. He wants to encourage you in this area, and he doesn't want you to go down that line. Man, what if we trusted one another? I'm not asking you that you have to be completely open and vulnerable to every single person in this room. Okay, we're going to, every week, we're going to pick two people, and you just have to share everything (laughs) you're struggling with. Let's go. Ready? Okay, we wouldn't be here very long, because everybody would leave. But what if we were very intentional about finding two, three, four people? What if we got involved in, in groups, um, come to the men's breakfasts, and, and actually take the time so that we could get involved in one another's lives, so that we could actually challenge one another and pull the gold, not just the gold of the gifts and purposes and plans, but what about pulling the gold of insecurity out of somebody and replace, or pulling the lie? It's not really gold. And pl- how about this one, placing gold in somebody? of the truth of God and taking their insecurities and, and just destroying those together. So here's here's my challenge. Well, Matthew 11 says this, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me for I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know what? Somebody, uh, somebody over here said, I think, it was, I think it was you even said the burden. The burden of insecurity is heavy. The burden of insecurity is heavy. And Jesus says, hey, you know what? When you apply my truth, when you apply me into your situation, man, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Here, just take it. Take it off. Take that insecurity. Put my trust in, my, my word. Put what I say about you in there. And guess what? You won't struggle with your identity anymore. Actually be confident in who you are and how he sees you. And when we get confident in who we are and how he sees us, oh, watch out. Watch out. Watch out, world. Because we're gonna understand who we are and we're gonna have the boldness and the courage to listen to his heart and his voice and we'll, man, watch out. Man, it'll just be good. This week's challenge. Um, I want you to... Write down the thoughts you are struggling with and then ask God. Take the time to actually ask God what he wants you to think about that issue. Take your thought, take your feeling, write it down in a journal and then take some time to say, God, how do you want me to think about this? 2 Corinthians 10, we read this a few weeks ago when I talked about spiritual warfare. By, by the way, my son is started to call it spiritual we fare. I thought that was pretty good. You guys are like, what did you talk about three weeks ago? (laughs) Go back and listen to it. We talked about warfare and how the fact that we need to do it together instead of individually, yes? And so he's like, I'm going to always refer to it as spiritual we Because we need one another to actually lift each other up and battle together. Let's battle as the body of Christ. So I read this section of scripture. I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. It says, for although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign, campaign employing human weapons using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy. You know what an insecurity is? It's a deceptive fantasy. Yes? It's, ha, any of you have had those vain imaginations that you argue somebody in your head that never, ever happened? Yes. That's called a deceptive fantasy, It's amazing how often we struggle with those things. We demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in the defense of the true knowledge of of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one, to Jesus Christ. It's not just about battling these thoughts in our minds, these fantasies, taking every thought captive and then just going, I can't think like that. Do you know that if you actually try to do that in your flesh, you'll start thinking about that more? Because our flesh entices the flesh. But what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to take those thoughts, those vain imaginations, and take them captive and actually apply them to this word and go, does it hold up? And if it doesn't, then we take the word that actually is true and we replace it with that word. And we are supposed to do this on a regular, ongoing basis. And so my challenge for this week for you is get a piece of paper, get your journal out, write in a Word document, do whatever works for you, but write it down and write down those thoughts that you're struggling with, those feelings that you're struggling with, and take the time to go before God and say, what do you want me to think about this? What is your feeling for this? And get into the word and find out what that is. Get with other people if you're not sure and ask them what you should be thinking about that thing, or what they think, obviously using the word. But ultimately, what if we actually took the time to do this? What if we meditated on God's word more than we meditated on the world, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the fact that you have given us the Word of God to put our security. Ultimately, you gave us your Son, Jesus Christ, so that we could be secure in who we are and what you have planned for us, what you've purposed for us, the giftings you have for us. God, I pray that you would help us to recognize those thoughts and those feelings that are not of you. That hinder our walk and our growth towards you. And Lord, I pray that you would replace them with your word and your truth. God, I pray that you would make us very aware this week of those things that are hindering us. God, I pray that people would actually email me and be irritated at how much they're aware of these things because ultimately your Holy Spirit, God, is gonna come in and begin to speak to us and show us the truth. And so that's what we ask. Holy Spirit, show us the truth. And God, help us to begin the process of becoming more and more unhindered in our walk and our relationship with you. And Lord, we thank you for these things. In your name, amen. Final thought, as I was praying, I wanna make sure everybody understands this. This is a process. Do not walk out of this building and tonight have a, a thought and can't figure out how to replace it, and then condemn yourself with, gosh, I can't do this. It's a process. You know what? All of our walk with God is a maturing process. And this is one of the pieces that helps us to mature into fully devoted disciples of Jesus Christ. Yes?